Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, good morning, afternoon. Welcome to a new week of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, we're all here in the Southern Bank Corps studio in Hattiesburg, rare occasion, where everybody is in the same town. And wherever you're at, we're glad you're with us. Opening segment is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, great supporters of our program, great supporters of Southern Miss Athletics, and a great place to cater your weekend tailgate that uh, now is just a couple of weeks away they'll uh, set you up uh, with something no matter what size your party uh, they've got a tailgate uh, special for everybody just reach out and uh, holler at the guys at dickie's barbecue we're broadcasting from the southern bank course studio here in smoking hot oak grove and i don't say that in a complimentary source kelly center i am tired of 100 degree weather well, i think I think the guys at Dickies they deliver the meat raw, don't they? And then they just, yeah, just leave just it under it the side. Put it on the <laughs> sidewalk and it, and it cooks, yeah. J.D. Byers is the play-by-play voice of South Alabama. J.D., I'm sure it's uh, cool and 75 down there in Mobile. Am I right about that? Hardly. I'm going to a to an appointment. I've got a lot of time here on my hands. But the, the car thing says 97 degrees. And I think I was parked in the shade. I just pulled out. That's, that's cool, JD. That's that's not. Oh yeah, fine. we get that beach breeze, you know, so it knocks off a little bit. Absolutely. Well, man, we want to bring you on. This is uh, for the Eagle Hour. We're starting our uh, previews of Sun Belt teams, and of course, uh, you guys picked you and Troy uh, picked to, to finish top of uh, top of the West and Kane Womack's third year. Of course, we're familiar with Kane. He's a great friend of the show, and we remind people he is a Golden Eagle at heart. But but what do you think the, the Jags are going to do this year? I mean, this is coming off 10 wins, 10-3, and three, and, and everything's looking up in Mobile. Yeah, and he, uh, you know, Kane makes the transition to be a Jag, and he, he never says South Al. He's always South Alabama. He, he got it. You know, he's loyal. We, we 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 try so hard when you're on this show not to say it. It just slips out. South Alabama. Go ahead. Now, he, uh, you know, we got 20 starters back. Knock on wood. Another radio interview. I said, oh, you jinxed it. They said, it's been a relatively healthy camp. Last year we lost Keith Gallman, a uh, preseason all-conference safety. Didn't have his services. He is back. Uh, the quarterback is back. Carter Bradley's on all kind of preseason award watch list. He's a fine young man, and he's because of that has also landed on the Warful uh, watch list. But having you know twenty guys back, but some additions. Uh, a guy very familiar to your state, uh, 
the Ole Miss transfer, Kentra Bullock, has added some depth at running back, and that's a pretty deep room. Maybe the deepest room because uh, last year we had LaDamian Webb out for a couple of games. He yeah. was slow in the bowl game. And uh, running back's a really good room right now, and it's a competitive one. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm familiar with LaDamian Webb. I, uh, on our Super Talk station up here, I do the Jones College broadcast. I watched him play, man. Oh, yeah. And uh, this is a guy who, who played at, at Florida State and started several games there. But I've never um, seen to that point the type of speed, power, flexibility, agility in one guy. Balance, re- really, with LaDamian Webb. I mean, he's, he's just the next-level rusher. Over a thousand yards and missed uh, the entire Troy game, and was used, you know, pretty sparingly in his comeback. So, no telling what he could have done had he been able to see action in a, uh, really all thirteen to a, to a maximum load. Uh, but you know, receivers. When you talk about skill positions on the offensive side of the ball, South Alabama's put a wide out or a uh, tight end slash stand up slot receiver in the NFL for you know for the last five years, and that. Happened again last season, so somebody has to step up. Uh, but but the talent's there as well. Maybe not as many coming in to help that stable in a transfer portal. Uh, got to see them, though, Saturday night in the last full game-like scenario scrimmage at Hancock-Whitney Stadium. They did it under the lights, you know, because we're going to open under the lights. But also I think you get better concentration when it's at night in this heat. You know, you're, you're going to get good execution. And it's also a good learning time. But they went through everything just like a game all the way to the pregame warm-ups. And it looks like this team's ready to kick it off and play somebody else. Yeah, I mean, you know the defense is always going to be good when, when Kane's calling it. But the fact that so much of the offense comes back. But let's talk about the schedule. I, I think other than Southern Miss recently been named the, the hardest uh, you know group of five schedule in the country. But, but, I mean, you guys start off with a top 25 opponent. Tulane, then you get Southeastern, then you go to Stillwater for Oklahoma State, and then Central Michigan, which is never a pushover. And we'll just start there. I mean, you get all your non-conference out of the way, and then the conference schedule gets even more brutal. But just talk about those first four non-conference games. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the biggest concern I would have from a broadcaster perspective, it's been a long time since i played on the college level, and I've definitely never coached one, uh, we got after Central Michigan pretty good last year. So even if they returned guys, I mean, the mat- the mismatches were everywhere. I thought that was a game South Alabama, maybe the score didn't look like a runaway, but statistically and man-on-man matchups were pretty dominant. I think this will be the year, much like going to UCLA last year, uh, the team with its personnel now will go there to win the ball game. Uh, this is the final of a two-for-one, and the last time we went to Stillwater, the approach was, we know we're out, man. We're just going to try to keep it close. But, good gosh, the, the FCSs of America that can pop you, I would put Southeastern right there. Maybe not quite to the Dakota schools, but historically, they've been a tough. Uh, and those, anywhere in America on any given weekend, somebody makes a headline, here's the FCS that beat an FBS. I think the Lions are, are going to be a bigger matchup than we think. Well, I'll tell you, when I look at your schedule, uh, of course, you open with JMU when I'm talking about the conference, of, of course. But yeah, four, yeah. four out of your first five games, get this, listeners, JMU, Southern Miss, and then Louisiana and Troy, back to back to back. Wow. Yeah, we get a, we get a little time in there, though, if I'm not mistaken, because Troy's going to be on a Thursday nationally televised 
Southern Miss is on a Tuesday nationally televised at our place. Right. Uh, and so I think maybe you get some time in there where, because of the uneven week, you get an extra, you know, four or five days. Hopefully that would play in. But I see your point, and it's an accurate one, that the level of competition right there in the heart of the season, you've got to be at late season form really early to be competitive with that kind of murderer's row. J.D., we're, we're talking to J.D. Byers, who is uh, the director of broadcasting at South Alabama. Yay! Okay. okay. <laughs> What, what do you think about that Tuesday matchup? I mean, I, mean, I think it's, this is one of the reasons the Sun Belt has risen over the last couple of years is because of the relationship with ESPN. When I was at Southern Miss, uh, we had to play you know, on, on some of those. But you know, it's just kind of odd for both fan bases to be playing on Tuesday. Especially when you think, okay, we're, we're a car ride and one that we shouldn't be spoiled by. You know, if you've got my kind of right foot, it's an hour. If it's not, it's an hour and a half. But that's great. I mean, there's 5A and 6A and 7A schools in Alabama that travel three times that to play a high school game. But on the other hand, like you said, it's on a Tuesday. Yeah, that's going to take away some pregame tailgating, but I can tell you the um, the campus has already taken some pretty uh, big steps and have repeated it and gone over how it's going to start with students and classes and parking and accommodating a very big, loyal uh, crowd coming over from the state of Mississippi, and by all means, right now it's gonna. It looks like it's gonna be a pretty easy sellout. They've been since early summer going at this from a uh, attractive group discount rate. If you're gonna bring parties of ten or more, and you know Southern Miss fan can get that too just by calling our ticket number. And I'm talking a really good ticket price. So if you're coming two or three carloads or an RV, get that ticket price. Uh, while those single game tickets are available for that, because it's not so much from our perspective of whether we're playing in Mobile or Hattiesburg. Pack that place out right. and be a good representative of the Sun Belt on ESPN. Have we come up with a name? About a minute left. Have we come up with a name yet, or do we need to wait until a few more months? We The battle for 98, Like, what are we going to call this rivalry? I like that one. I like that one. Uh, now you got me thinking about it, though. So... Uh, I'll scratch my head a little bit. I don't know if I can come up with one better than that, though, guys. We got it. We got a couple couple of months left. So, um, give us your hey, whole... battle for Jimmy Buffett. He uh, Jimmy Buffett. He's from Mobile. He graduated at Southern Miss. We should have like the the parrot. Did the did parrot he graduate? Though? I was going to say that was my question. Did he did he truly graduate? <laughs> he did. I'm a I'm a parrot head. Okay. He still has some parking tickets there's, that the university wants to talk to him about. There's an official like historical marker in front of the in front of the hub, right, where he met fingers. Him right? and fingers where, Taylor, yeah, yeah, where he met fingers. I had my picture made by that. I was more excited about that than the than the game. <laughs> I got you, well, JD. We appreciate man uh, you hanging out with us. We'll be sure to get you back on uh, about a week before uh, before we play each other in in October. Anytime, I'm glad to do it. Thanks. All right, Super Talk Eagle Hour continues right after this. Everybody stay with us.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Glad you're with us uh, on a Monday afternoon. want to thank uh, J.D. Byers uh, for kind of updating us on South Alabama. Not South Al, South Alabama. Yeah, but he's not listening anymore, so we can go right. back to <laughs> Coming up later. I told him we tried. Yeah, yeah. Coming up later in the show from Louisiana Lafayette, U-L-L. Uh, Don't say that. Jay will come after you. Ooh la la. Yeah. Would be uh, Jay Walker. And uh, so we'll, we'll look forward to that. Uh, football now getting pretty close. Uh, so I'm going to throw this question out to you two experts here. Uh, I was talking to J.D. before we went on the air, and he said that uh, South Alabama opens with Tulane. I think I read where Florida State opens at LSU or with LSU. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Southern Miss opens with Alcorn. Kelly Sander, is that the kind of opener you want, or do you want to do you want to come out of fall camp and play somebody that's going to challenge you and, and really make you see what your team has got? Well, remember this game hasn't been played yet. <laughs> so. This is a four touchdown game. Okay, all right. Well, uh, I understand your point, uh, but but for Southern Miss, I think it is a good opening game. Uh, for one, you, tomorrow when we're going to talk, we're going to segue into this. Will Hall is expected, or at least he has said that he hoped by August 22nd, which is tomorrow, that he would name a starting quarterback. So you have a team in Southern Miss that still officially does not have a starting uh, quarterback. It is a great ticket seller because the Alcorn fans are, you know, they're going to they're going to turn out in in droves. So it'll be a it'll be a good atmosphere, and for a fan base that complains that there's a particular school in North Mississippi that will not play Southern Miss. If you turn around and don't play other schools in the state, you're you're just as guilty as that school is up north of not playing other teams in the state. It's a good moneymaker. It's good for morale. I think it is a good opener. We will be tested week two because we take on the Florida State. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I I don't have a problem with it because if you remember several years ago, Jeremy, kind of the the model that would follow is the non-conference schedule would be a regional group of five – they're going to play probably a SWAC team. You might as well play a, a SWAC team. Um, or a Southland team. Yeah. But the, the deal with the SWAC, the SWAC fans are going to travel. Yeah, for sure. They're going to travel. You're going to get, um, you know, with with the band and all the stuff that comes with um, those programs, people want to see that. I mean, you know, the I remember we blew out Jackson State at home, but, dude, people were wanting to see the sonic boom. And to, to Kelly's point, Bob – I think you're you're right to to keep the money in the state of Mississippi. I agree, and you know we'll we'll have um, Alcorn on uh, next week to, to preview their team. I do think though, so you remember in in baseball, so you know oh, we come out playing tough teams, but there are teams that will just view opening weekend as an exhibition to to tune up with an unproven quarterback. You, you don't want to be demoralized in the first game. The other thing about this particular schedule is when you're playing Florida State, you're playing Mississippi State, I mean, those, those tougher big-money games are going to come later on. You know, if you, were to, if you were to bite off another SEC team on the road or something like that in the first round or even a Big 12, Big 10, whatever, then you're, you're no. adding to more complexity no. what, in the schedule. What I loved was the opener last year. You know, double overtime, good team in town you know liberty was here exciting way to kick off the season that i guess that's i I think they're going to be able to build some confidence because as it stands right now 
two out of your first three games are against top 25 opponents. And, and that's – I mean, you're going to host Tulane. I, I think people, because of last year, people are riding Tulane in the, the win column. I mean, Pratt's got another year under his belt. This is the defending Cotton Bowl champions. You're an Eric Scott pick six, you know, from uh, from not winning really that game last year. September 16th, the Rock needs to be sold out because this will this will probably be a top 25 team unless they lose to, to South so, Alabama. So you think Southern Miss fans are riding Tulane as a victory? Is I mean, that- I found myself doing it. Yeah, I mean, we've all been saying we got to be five and one. No, I hear you, but like when Bob's talking about seven, maybe eight wins, I'm looking maybe at five or six. That, that's that Tulane game is one of those hingers because yeah, we were talking. Sure. You may be two and four down the stretch. You right. got to get to five and one to get seven wins. Right, and that's what I'm saying. That Tulane game is one of those ifs, ands, and buts. But that will be games. that will be a top twenty-five opponent in the Rock week three. All right, so does the uh, starting quarterback get named tomorrow? You're going to be there to find out, aren't you, Mr. Sanders? We're going to be at practice tomorrow, and then Will Hall is scheduled to to actually speak at the Club One meeting tomorrow in Hattiesburg. You know, he might make the announcement there. He might make it after practice if everything is on schedule. And all he allowed to the weekend media, Luke, was that one quarterback has separated himself, from, but, but was very – very careful was, as to say who it was. Yeah, this was from Friday. So this was uh, Dima Mixon, who you had on the show last week. Of course, we appreciate everything he does. He Hall was quoted as saying this. This is from, from Big Gold Nation. I think we have gone through 13 pa- practices, and I think there has been a little bit of separation going into the last scrimmage. I think when you have that much data to look at, there is a little separation right now. But they are both playing well. This is obviously Wiles and Edwards. And we're going to play through the scrimmage tomorrow. That was Saturday because that is important. Dima commented right after that that at that Friday practice, Holman Edwards almost exclusively took the first reps. So that was that practice. Hall follows that up. That's the kid from French Camp. French Camp, right. right. The transfer from Houston. So I don't know if you – and people said you can't really – you, you may not put those because they have been kind of 1A, 1B in, in reps. But when you looked at that scrimmage Saturday, statistically, they were pretty close. I mean, you know, they, they, they almost mirrored each other as far as what they did right and what they did wrong. And that's what it's, that's what it's been. Holman had a bad thrown ball that was intercepted. Billy tried to force one, I think, a red and was, was intercepted. Um, what I'm excited about, too, I mean, we've been talking about it's a two-man battle, and it is, but, man, Hall is praising Ethan Crawford, freshman out of Tuscaloosa. Hall family goes, you know, Coach Bobby Hall goes way back with with the coach over there at Hillcrest, and I think that's a guy that they hope they can redshirt this year. But it almost seems right now, Bob, that you're you're good either way, and that's a good problem to have. A lot, lot better than where we were this time last year, that's for sure. And, and I think the kid from Alabama that you're talking about probably will be redshirted. Isn't he coming off an injury? His came off ACL, but yeah. he, but he's he's good. The only the only problem or the only way they would play him is if they had like specific sets for him. And what do we know about Zach Wilkie? Does anybody have any update there? He was uh, it was a quote family issue, and I don't think he was with the team last last uh, made mention of. So we'll just have to see it all plays out. You gonna be at practice tomorrow? We'll we'll have the scoop, scoop Getty tomorrow. What did he What did he tell y'all though? I was out that time y'all had the interview. He said, "Don't hold me to that." Was it? It was the August twenty second, right? Yeah. But he, but it seems as if he's kind of hinted more and more that that was going to be a 
Yeah, he said he said that that ideally by August twenty second, which is tomorrow, we've got the calendar circled. That's the day that he said he hoped to name his starter, and that's who we're going with in, in week one. Over the weekend, I know you tried to reach out to Kelnack. Did he have any insight into who it might be? Well, I, you know, Bob, it's it's tough to get any information out of the Middle East. You know, so well, I understand why. I'm (laughs) constantly ducking. When we change presidents, when we change presidents, did did Joe Paul? Does he have a specific type of mayonnaise now? Did he switch from Blue Plate or Hellman's or? Well, it's it's just a a plain old mayonnaise jar, but it's sealed on his front porch. I got you. You Luke may not be aware of this, but we're working to have Kelnack and phil hall on the same show no way on august so so phil hall is going to comment on kelnack's prediction yeah yeah so let me make another prediction whatever will hall is doing that day he will stop (laughs) and he will listen to that segment of the eagle (laughs) rebecca hall probably will too because of her distaste for uh for her brother-in-law phil yeah Uh, meanwhile the saints guys Went again last night. Uh, looked pretty solid, I think. I agree with you, Bob. They, they're, they're pretty pretty solid uh, right now, and they, they, the injuries, uh, you know, have been able they've been able to avoid the injuries with the big players. The two and zero, and it's it is preseason, but uh, but they didn't panic in any type of situations. I, I think, and again, they're in that what could very well be the weakest division. Look, let's be honest, you know, the NFC South. Um, so. I think the Saints and they, the broadcasters last night out in L.A. were talking about how the Saints are a legit playoff team, they think, in the well, NFC. There's no doubt about that. Now they got a quarterback. Jason Brownlee over the weekend led the New York Jets in um, receiving four catches for 50 yards. And that jogs my memory. I had a dream last night that I was drafted fourth round by the New York Jets. And I woke up and I said, I'm 40 years old. Yeah, <laughs> really weird. <laughs> Pretty spooky. I have dreams too, but I'm not going to talk no, about it on the radio. Hey, are you excited, Bob, tonight that on Monday Night Football the Ravens are taking on the Commanders? Todd Munkin taking on your team? Are the Commodores playing tonight? Are they? Is there a concert? Tonight? Yeah, Lionel Richie's singing the national anthem. Is he really? Yeah. Seven p.m. on ESPN. Are they actually putting that on TV? Yeah, the Cartoon Network. Yeah. Yes, I can but for real, Todd Todd Munkin's offense. Get to watch him tonight. Yeah, well, he'll shred the Commodores. I'm I'm assuming, right? It's the Commanders. We, I I have forgotten. He keeps calling them the Commodores. I almost <laughs> think that that is their name. What was you your know? proposal? Your official proposal? He wants me to go back to the Redskins. No, the Redskins. If you can't go to the Redskins, it was it the, the Hogs. The Hogs. Yeah, the Washington Hogs. I could live with that. Yeah. Jay Walker, can we live with him? Absolutely. He's from UL, is it? How, how, how do we the University it? of Louisiana. The University of Louisiana. The Raging Cage. As long as he's like listening, that. it is anyway. The Raging Cage. Yes. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Now you know you can buy a new Icon golf cart from Noel Daniels Motor Company in Brandon and have it delivered anywhere you hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour for just $99. They carry electric vehicles for all your needs around the neighborhood, the farm, or even the golf course. And remember, they'll deliver it right to you 
in the state of Mississippi for 99 bucks. They always keep a great inventory and always give you the best deal. Regardless, you can just tell your phone, take me to the Noel Daniels Motor Company in Brandon, or you can shop them online at noeldaniels.cars. want to thank Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net, for this segment of the Eagle Hour. I guarantee you, Miss Kathleen has the best Southern Miss apparel you'll find anywhere. You can shop them seven days a week on Hardy Street, or you can always go online at campusbookmark.net. Jay Walker is no stranger to the Eagle Hour. He is the play-by-play voice of the Raging Cajuns, the team that I believe will become the biggest rival of Southern Miss now that everybody is in the Sun Belt. And, uh, Jay, it's always good to hear from you down there in uh, Lafayette. Welcome back to the show. I, I appreciate you guys having me. You know, I, I'm, I'm a little bit behind in everything today. And I had blocked out this time to visit with you. Uh, I just ordered lunch, so oh. uh, I'm here at uh, at, at, at Walk-Ons uh, here in Lafayette. And uh, after I uh, after I finish visiting with you guys, I'm uh, I'm going to grab a burger. Well, good. Tell us what's going on down there with the Cajuns and uh, who you open with and uh, what 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 the vibe is. Well, we open with Northwestern State, um, of course, on on the second. And what's a little unusual is is we open conference play the week later. We have a conference game in week two at Old Dominion, uh, and then the other uh, the other non conference games we go to UAB. We're at home against Buffalo, and then we go to Minnesota, and then uh, you go ahead and, and hit conference play the rest of the way. A little unusual to have a conference game in week two, but that happens to be the way the schedule falls this year. Jay, Luke Johnson here. Thanks, uh, thanks so much for coming on today. So, yeah, that is kind of odd the, the the trip to to Virginia against uh, against Old Dominion. But I think week three, uh, the non conference game, Trent Dilfer in his first year at UAB in that brand new stadium over in Birmingham, that'll be a really good test for the Cajuns. I think that'll be a good measuring stick uh, for our football team. Uh, that and the week after, you know, you've got a a Buffalo team that usually is in contention in the Eastern Division of the MAC, uh, and they'll be coming to Cajun Field. So weeks three and four are going to be very interesting uh, for the Cajuns, and I think weeks three and four are going to have a lot to say what that final record is. What, what What's the goal for, uh, like, culture and, and 30,000 feet wide? Was, just to be honest, and you guys would be the first to say, it was disappointing last year, you, but you played really good in the bowl game. Um, against Houston, lost by a touchdown. But there, there's got to be, because that fan base and that, that culture, there's an expectation rolling in to the second year with this coaching staff. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. You know, if you look, two years ago, the Cajuns went 13-1. and one. Seven of their wins were by one score. Last year, the Cajuns went 6-6 six and six during the regular season, and they had four games that were decided by one score, and they were on the wrong end of all four of them. They lost three games basically on the last play of the game, and that was South Alabama, Troy, and the bowl game uh, against Houston. So, you know, the team was very close to winning nine games last year. Uh, and, And when you consider that when Billy Napier left, of course you had senior attrition, you had guys go in the portal, including a guy who was a first-team All-American for Florida. Uh, you had some uh, guys that were academic casualties. Some guys were injured. And so Mike Desermo went into last year with 56 players that were not on 
that were on the team a year ago that weren't on last year's team. Now, that's a lot of players. So, you know, I think everybody was disappointed in 6-6 six and six because you're right. Expectations are high here. But I understand why it happened, and hopefully it won't happen again this year. Jay, this is Kelly Sander. One of the things that, that Coach Des talked to me about at Media Day in New Orleans was that there were a couple things, a couple of decisions that he made going into the second season was predicated on the disappointment that he felt that some of the decisions he made in the first year as a coach. So he made some changes going into this this second year. Have, and he wouldn't, you know, didn't elaborate greatly. Uh, he did talk a little bit about the offseason weight program and and some personnel changes perhaps on, on the coaching staff. But do, do you sense that he's uh, gaining a little bit more confidence as that head man and in some of those decisions and changes that he's made from year one to year two? You know, if, if you go back, and, and, you know, Mike was a quarterback uh, right. for us. And any quarterback in his second year as a starter is going to feel a whole lot more comfortable. Well, I think that's true of head coaches also, especially when you're a head coach for the very first time. Uh, Mike did uh, make some changes, and, and a lot of it had to do with strength and conditioning. Um you know, he, he is one of, I think, only seven schools that returned the entire coaching staff intact uh, from last year. And, and, you know, he's looking at that being a positive because he had basically a whole new staff a year ago with one or two exceptions. So, I, you know, I, I think the familiarity with one another and the, the fact that you got a year under your belt, I think both of those things are going to help the Cajuns this year. So I want to ask you this, Jay. We, we were talking earlier about uh, Mississippi State, Southern Miss playing later in the season. That's pretty unusual. Ole Miss not seemingly having any interest in scheduling anything uh, with Southern Miss in the future. But what is what is the dynamic in Louisiana with uh, with uh, with the Cajuns and the other Louisiana schools in regard to playing LSU in athletics? Gosh, we haven't played LSU in, in football. I want to say 2006 might have been the last time. Um, you know, they've played just about everybody else in the state. And and honestly, I I don't know why. I don't think, you know, I don't think LSU scared to play the Cajuns. But I do think that, you know, what, what, they're, what they're able to do is make a deal to play in-state schools and not pay them near what they pay some other schools to go into Tiger Stadium. And I, I just don't think that the, that the money has been right as far as the Cajuns' point of view is concerned, which is one of the reasons why they haven't played. Mm-hmm. There, there is a home-and-home home scheduled with Louisiana Tech. It's still a few years down the road. Um, there is a home-and-home home scheduled with Tulane, which I think starts next year. Um, so, you know, you, you, you want to play the other – uh, FBS teams in the state, and I think for the most part the Cajuns are able to. And, you know, we play one FCS game every year, and it's all almost always against another in-state school. It happens to be Northwestern State this year. Last year it was Southeastern Louisiana. Cajuns play McNeese on a regular basis. They play Grambling and Southern. Uh, they've played Nichols. So They've got a relationship with the other schools in the state, really with the exception of LSU. I mean, the teams play in baseball and softball every year, but they don't play in football or men's basketball. 
Yeah, that's interesting. That's the same thing here, really. I mean, we're, we're going to see a, a basketball game between Ole Miss and Southern Miss, but we were having that discussion. If, if you're going to play non-conference games, don't you want to keep the money in the state? And um, it sounds like to me that with the exception of maybe LSU, most uh, schools in Louisiana see it that way. Yeah, I think so. You know, the, the Cajuns in basketball this year, you know, they've got an ongoing series with McNeese. They've got an ongoing series with Louisiana Tech. I think this is the 10th year in a row that uh, the Cajuns in Louisiana Tech have played in basketball. Mm-hmm. Now the Cajuns have played UNO the last couple of years. UNO chose not to uh, renew the contract. Um, you know, they, the Cajuns have played Southeastern. They hadn't played Northwestern in forever, and they hadn't played Nichols uh, in a while. But, um, you know, and, and, and look, I'm sure Jay Ladner goes through the same thing. It's not easy to get home games when you're a team in the Sun Belt Conference, especially if you're good, because nobody wants to go to Hattiesburg to play it. Nobody wants to come to Lafayette to play the Cajun. So scheduling's hard in, in our league, and everybody in the league goes through it. And it's just a question of, you know, I, I've said this many, many times, guys. I don't know of any bigger egos in collegiate sports than head men's basketball coaches. They, they, they're, they're a little bit paranoid in a way. They, they're all, they try to analyze every single, um, every single possibility as far as scheduling is concerned, trying to get an advantage one way or the other. I, I don't know why they just don't go play, but in men's basketball, they don't just go play. Jason, thanks so much for being uh, on today. I know you're looking forward to going to Minnesota the last weekend of September and cooling off a little bit. I'm absolutely looking forward to going to Minnesota. And, and guys, look, I want to put a bug in your ear now. Of course, when the Cajuns and Southern Miss play, it's going to be on a Thursday night at Cajun Field. I want to tell you, one of the best state entertainment bands that I've ever heard are playing before the game on the west side of the stadium that particular night. So Southern Miss fans need to get there early, and you're going to get a great treat with a band called the Rouge Crew uh, before the game. Come on out early because they are just outstanding. I wonder if I'll be able to get a beer. Probably. Hey, Jay. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think so. I think so. Always fun having you on the Eagle Hour, Jay. We appreciate it, man. Stay cool. We'll do our best. Thanks right. so much for having me, as always. Go Cajun. Jay Walker, everybody. Play-by-play voice of the Rage and Cajun. We'll be right back. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back in the studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. The Southern Bancor Studios, that is. Actually, nobody in Laurel. Yeah. No, nobody in Laurel Well, I mean, today. it's still there. Yeah, sure. And it's still beautiful downtown. <laughs> as far as we know. The Southern right? Bancor Studio in Laurel is empty today. <laughs> We're all here at the Southern Bancor Studio. What do you think nobody's, of our, nobody's working there, that's for sure. What do, you, what do you think of our little place here, Luke? That you, Yeah, you're actually with us today. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Welcome now, in, back, by the way. In Laurel, I have a fan. And it just it blew. Lauren, and 
Oh, oh, push. like a real fan. It feels good. Okay. So, anyway, you guys make me feel. He has a fan too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Anyway, DBAT D one bring you the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBAT Hattiesburg. Com. And if you're coming in, you need to go ahead um, this weekend. Uh, volleyball's on the road. But when when athletic events become more and more common on the weekends, Mobe Beignet. What, what a great Absolutely. play. You walk over and then walk back over. Yeah, tomorrow after practice, Mobe Beignet is going to name their starting flavor. For the, for the Why would that season. be Kelly? <laughs> Why would that be Kelly? Go well, ahead, go ahead and let everybody know. I mean, you talk about a coinky dink. Uh, right here on this program. Well, tomorrow. A, a what? A coinky dink. A coincidence. It's a coincidence. Yes. He learned well, that from uh, who's that? Who's his favorite rapper, Bob? Uh, Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. uh, Coach Hall has confirmed that tomorrow, after practice, he will name the starting quarterback for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles heading into the 2023 season and let people know you just sent him a text and invited him to go ahead and announce it right now but he said he would do it after tomorrow practice. after practice and of course we'll have sound from that practice tomorrow so you'll be able to hear pictures too not probably not pictures because it's not going to do you know we've got faces for radio that's why we're on that's radio sure. so we'll have comments from coach hall and the starting quarterback for Southern Miss tomorrow on the program. You better get in line for whoever, oh, sure. whoever that is. But, yeah. yeah, it will be Billy Wiles or Holman Edwards. Um, any guesses? Can we just throw it out there? Any any guesses? Bob's hope. Bob's got his fingers crossed it's going to be Sonny Jurgensen. I know. I think Sonny's got a <laughs> few years left in him. I, you know, I, I heard throughout the year, and, of course, what I hear doesn't matter, but I, I've heard he's always really liked Holman kid, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's who it is. It, it's a case of we've said it for really three weeks. It depends on what Will wants. I, I think yeah. I think Wiles is the steady hand. I think he is the one prone to make less mistakes systematically. But what here, I mean by here's that is what really matters. What did Eagle Post say? <laughs> Bob, I wasn't Sonny Jurgensen. I wasn't going to go there. The second Billy Kilmer. The second part is I think there is an unknown about Edwards. He's the home run threat, and you've got so much speed on the field this year. Um, I'm cool either way, and I think it'll 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 work out either way. And it just really depends on what Will's looking for. I think that's there. There's objective data to back it up, but sure. there's there's subjective. And, and, and baseball wise, if you put it in baseball perspective, different people like different things. For example, if I'm managing my baseball team, I want singles and doubles hitters who can run the bases, where I can move people when they put the ball in play. But now there are other guys, when they're managing their teams, they want that home run hitter, right? They want, because the home run's what sells the tickets and brings the fans to their feet. Where does, where does Danny Lynch fit into this? Oh, we should have talked to him. We, we met Jay yeah. Walker. We Stolen had a bases, to Danny, Danny's your, your but. So, so the point, and I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Luke, but you're you're kind of thinking maybe that Holman Edwards is the home run hitter and Billy Wiles is the single doubles hitter. Neither one is right necessarily or wrong. They both bring skills to the table, but their approaches they complement each other crazy well. And you, but is that a fair assessment? I think I think so. Okay. To, to to my point of it depends on what kind of offense he wants to run. Right. I think that's really what he wants. No window tomorrow. 
Well, notable. And everyone, let's get behind whoever it is, and uh, let's not start quarterback controversies. Just right. let let the guys play and, and do their thing. They've been working at it and, for a long time. And here's the thing. Both of those guys knew they were coming into battle. Both of those guys knew that. And you can appreciate that. That's right. Hey, a minute left. I have to bring this up. Kelly Sander was at the Iowa State Fair. And Kelly was very nice and brought us a bag of Iowa corn. Yeah. And we ate that over the weekend. Did you? How was it, Bob? I got to tell you, Kelly, it's different. I mean, it was incredible. Isn't it good? It was incredibly good. Yeah. What is the difference? I mean, why is it so much better? Well, number one, that corn was just picked last week. Yeah. All right. So freshness, yeah. I'm sure, has something to do with it. But there's just something about Iowa corn, like there is Mississippi catfish and, you know, um, when you when you go to the the native lands, so to speak, where that stuff is done, did you do the bacon wrapped jalap like filled jalapeno? Did you do that one? Uh, <laughs> you can see, my yeah, pants are yeah. struggling a little he bit. Had a little setback when he got back from the fair. It was <laughs> yeah, doing really good. The fried butter that was that was pretty good yeah. too. You did try the fried butter? Oh yeah, no, it's it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. The well, corn was primo, my man. I'm, did you did you put like little pieces of butter on a piece of bread, and then you kind of bend the piece of bread and you slide the corn. And I, that's how you butter the whole thing. Oh, is that right? And then gently well, put salt on it. I soaked it in butter and salt. Okay. Yeah. That, you did right. Yeah. Hey, Dave Rigert on the show tomorrow. Dukes, James Madison Dukes, predicted to win the East. The Duke and of Earl. The quarterback. We'll have it all. Have some, some sound Kelly from practice Sander, tomorrow. On the, on the scene. I want you to wear all black. Hey, show how tough you when's are. When's the last time you did a breaking story? <laughs> Just getting up out of this chair, I'm going to be breaking something. I guess. I'm at that age nowadays. He breaks gas a lot in the studio. <laughs> breaks wind. That's why I'm not here. <laughs> Southern Miss. To the to top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.